And uh, so it's good to be with you this morning. Um, we, uh, we have a, a, a guest, I'll call him a guest speaker with us this morning, even though he's not a guest to us, he's part of this house. Mike Mills has been part of our uh, oversight team we call the executive leadership team here for uh, many, many years. He and Mike, uh, Mike and Donna are dear friends of this family uh, here at Lighthouse and dear friends of my family personally. And uh, Mike's professionally, most of you don't uh, know a whole lot about what he does, but uh, for the past 30 years, the uh, major pharmaceutical companies have utilized Mike's expertise uh, in getting uh, uh, their, their products to market. So he does product launch, that kind of thing, uh, at a high level. Strategic uh, insights, the things that he brings to the table, have saved millions of lives millions of lives. And uh, so uh, I said a number of years ago to him, I feel like you have a Joseph anointing. I feel like, you know, uh, where where Pharaoh had uh, put Joseph in charge of of everything. And that's sort of what uh, Mike has done through the years. But beyond that, He's a spirit-filled brother that's been serving the Lord for many, many years. And when Mike talks, I listen because he, he has a, a seasoning in the Lord that has just blessed my life. And so will you welcome him as he comes this morning? Uh, let's welcome Mike Mills to the... Praise the Lord. Come on. Yeah. All right. Looking forward. You know, the reason Mike's up here um, a few weeks ago after Pastor Julian ministered the word, Mike and I kind of were debriefing, weren't we? We were kind of talking about this, the idea of the, the what the word talks about, strongholds and in our minds and footholds and those kind of things. And Mike just had some real insight. And I said, man, that's so good. And I really wish you would share that. And so he's by my invitation uh, bringing the word this morning. Thanks, brother. Go for it. Amen. Well, the good thing is the microphone works. Hey, <clears throat> well, maybe. I don't know, with that introduction, um, maybe we should just have an altar call and I'll just step out of the way, you know. Um, no, I appreciate being part of the house and um, <clears throat> God's doing some things. Actually, this word came probably like six weeks ago and um, it, it had to do with a situation I was confronted with with um, someone in my extended family and there were some rubs and some things that um, I didn't understand what was going on. And I felt like the Lord told me that you're dealing with a stronghold. And I was like, stronghold, what is that? So that's what kind of got this all going. Um, so I've titled this Walking in the Light, but Demolishing Strongholds and Finding New Freedom. So if that's you here today, you need, anyone need new freedom, right? We want to get rid of any junk in our trunk, right? We want to get rid of any darkness that could be hanging on. Because uh, we have huge capacities uh, for lots of space in our lives. So um, let me start with a couple of scriptures, okay? First of all, John 16, 13. I'm going to cover a lot of ground, so stay with me, okay? But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. John 8, 32 says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's you today. Claim that for yourself. I claim that, that I will know the truth and the truth will set me free. Amen. <clears throat> Ephesians 5, 27 says, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. So whether you like it or not, if you're a believer, you're part of God's laundry system. <laughs> he is, but he's committed to us to make us clean, pure, and ready for him because collectively he's coming for his church, okay? And we're part of his church. So today... 
there's a couple of banner scriptures. This is one in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Scripture says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today that we stand in a place of freedom, Lord. We thank you today that you are the God and the Father of our souls, that you love us, Lord, and you've called us, and you're, and you're going to translate us one day, Lord. One day we're going to be free from this body, Lord. We're going to be free, and we're going to be translated in, into your glory. But in the meantime, Lord, we ask that you would search us and know us, Lord, and try us and find the areas that we need to surrender to you. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit of truth, that you would reign, that you would search us, Lord. We give you permission, not that you need it, but we give you permission permission, Lord, to search us and try us in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, it's an honor. Uh, I, I want to do a couple of things. Um, we want to contrast two kingdoms. We want to talk about the battleground of the mind and then strongholds explored. So first of all, the contrast of two kingdoms. Obviously, if you know the Lord, you belong to the kingdom of God, right? Amen? Everyone here? And, and if you don't belong to the kingdom of God, I got good news to you because today you can be part of his kingdom. Okay, so if that's you and you have been a punching bag for the enemy all your lives and you're a, uh, he who sins is a slave to sin, God wants to set you free. And he, he is the only one that has the ability and the power to do that. But you need to open up the door, amen? So if that's you, don't leave here without knowing him, amen? So the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of this world or the kingdom of the devil or the kingdom of Satan, I like to call it the kingdom of self, okay? Because that's really the battle, right? On this side of heaven, it's battling ourself and our thoughts and all that stuff. So um, the two kingdoms are in direct opposition to each other. So the kingdom of God is advancing. The kingdom of this devil, of this world, and of self is something that we need to put under our feet. That's the only place where he belongs is under the feet. We're supposed to tread on him like scorpions. Amen? So today, we want to be able to have brought to the forefront the areas of darkness, areas of our thinking that have clouded us, that have kept us, and that is holding us back. So today, Lord, we believe that you want to expose those things. So just as you, as you hear this message, as you hear the word, ask the Lord just to pop things up. Lord, show me things, reveal things. We have such huge capacity, sometimes we don't even know how we're made, right? We, we have so many layers and so many different things. There's things that are life experience that, that we bring to the table that some, some of those things got translated when we became born again and you, and you know the Lord and some things are still waiting to be exposed and brought under uh, and subjected to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, amen? So God is the father of life. I, I'm sorry, I've, um, uh, I've had quite a uh, struggle with bronchitis, so my voice goes in and out. If it goes out, it may be a good thing. I don't know, but uh, we'll just, just stay with me, okay? So <clears throat> God is the father of lights. He's true, just. I'm so glad he's merciful. He's loving and faithful. Contrast that to the enemy. Satan, the devil, is the father of lies, <clears throat> he's the deceiver. He's the prince of darkness, accuser of the brethren, prince of the power of the air, and he's absolutely a controlling manipulator. So we can put him under our feet today, amen? So if God's revealing something to you, I am so glad. He, God the Father does not play a shell game. He doesn't bring us to a point of frustration and like tease us. He doesn't tease us. 
So if he's like talking to you about something, it's because he wants you to deal with it. And it's our responsibility to respond to him. Amen. We're going to give an opportunity to let strongholds go in our life today. Amen. So Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the enemy. Whoa. So as a Christian, a little anointed one, you know what our job is? Our job is to destroy the works of the, the, the devil. And there's lots of those, right? Well, you, you could be pretty busy with that, right? There's a lot, lot of work to do, saints. So God has a wonderful plan, a purpose, and a destiny for every life. On the flip side, the, the devil has been working overtime, even before you were born, to pervert, to confuse, to distort uh, each one of our lives. We are made in the image of God. So why is, it doesn't make any, uh, it's not hard to understand why the enemy wants to distort that, right? Because every time he sees us, you know what he sees? He sees how he missed the mark. He saw how he, he faded from glory. We're reminded of him, of, of who we are and who he's not. So he hates us. He hates us. So the battleground that we face from day one is right up here, right here, right, our mind. The battleground is in our mind. So we, today we want to we explore what happens in our mind and how things can become fortified in a way, and God wants to cancel some things this morning. So it's so important to make the 18-inch transition from here to here, right? Uh, and it's a lot of times when our mind twists things up, right, we have to remind ourselves as believers of who God really is in our lives and who he's purposed for us to be. And sometimes when we can get through to our heart and it's like, oh God, I think you've redeemed me and you have a plan and a purpose for me, then you can center it. And sometimes that makes the, the thoughts kind of become more focused, right? Amen. So in Romans 12 too, the scripture says, do not confirm to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 8, 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, <clears throat> but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So we want to talk about strongholds. First of all, and this is not an expository teaching on strongholds, okay? So if you came for the teacher that can, you know, give an exposition on everything, probably come next week or sometime when Pastor Ken is talking. But this, this is a time where we can just talk about kind of the concept of stronghold. So when you think of a stronghold, in the scripture, there's, there's a bunch of references to a stronghold. Usually it's kind of a military fortification. It's somewhere where you go to be safe. It's of strategic importance. A lot of times it involves high ground. It involves resources so that if you're attacked, you're okay for a while, okay? In the Bible, there's two descriptions of strongholds. There's a stronghold, which is God, and he wants to be the stronghold of your life. And then there's strongholds, which are bad, which is everything else. <laughs> the, the everything, I don't know about y'all, but the everything else list is, you know, pretty big, right? The, the God list is like, man, he wants to be the stronghold of my life. Say this, God, make yourself the stronghold of my life. Please. <laughs> So God is the good stronghold. In Psalms 9.9, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Aren't you glad that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, right? The righteous can run into him and be safe. 
Amen? So you can name the name of the Lord, and you can run into him, and he's like a strong tower. He's a fortress, a fortification, a stronghold, and you can trust in him. In uh, Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. I want y'all to be able to walk out of here today confidently saying that I'm, I've canceled, I've done uh, business with God today, and I've canceled strongholds, and God, you are the only stronghold of my life. Amen? So bad strongholds. There's a couple of scriptures, and this is a very short representation of the very, very, very long list, right? Zechariah 9.3, Tyre has built herself a stronghold. She has heaped up silver like dust and gold like the dirt of the street. In Psalm 52.7, here now is a man who did not make God his stronghold, but trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. You ever know someone who maybe is in the power thing and they think, hey man, I've, I've got this position. I've got, if I just had more money, if I had more zeros in my bank account with stuff in front of the zeros, I, I'll be good. Well, that, you could be trusting in your money, right? And uh, if it's tested, guess what? It's not gonna hold up, all right? It's not gonna hold up. <clears throat> A lot of times people, that it's interesting that in that scripture in Psalm 52, 7, that that person also made themselves more important by tearing other people down. So when you see that pattern, that, that could be a stronghold operating in someone's life, right? Do you need to tear someone else down to make yourself feel better? Um, that's, that's one of the ways that we uh, operate. So it's funny about strongholds. You know, strongholds just don't, pop up overnight, right? They're, they're a progression. They're things that happen that start somewhere. Uh, no one say, oh, I think I'm going to have a stronghold in my thought life. Yeah, 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 you don't think like that, right? Don't think like that. But the scripture, when it talks about demolishing things, I don't, Pastor Ken, maybe you know, I don't know of any other language like that in all the scripture. Demolish is a pretty strong word. I think actually it means like to obliterate. So God doesn't want you just to deal with your strongholds in your mind. He wants to obliterate them. He wants to pulverize them. He wants to vaporize them. And you know what? He doesn't tease us. If he identifies something, the spirit of truth, if he identifies something in your life today, maybe it goes way, 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 way back, or it may just be to this morning. It doesn't matter. Deal with it, saints. Deal with it. So if you think of that scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, it talks about you know, strongholds, arguments, pretensions, and then taking thought, uh, every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Flip that progression. I believe it starts with a thought, a single thought. And usually that thought is attached to a lie. Guess what? Because the, the, the enemy is what? The father of lies. He's the deceiver. He's the accuser. He works overtime. There is no overtime. It's all the time. Lying to us. Okay? So, and even before you know the Lord, I mean, it's easy to just embrace a lie. And so the opposite of where we are today, because the God the Father is the Father of lights, He wants to turn the lights on. But it's not like turn the lights on and cockroaches flee. It's a warm light. It's like He He loves you even with junk in your trunk. Aren't you glad? I've always said you'll never hear a divine thud. God does not. There's nothing that I've done, have done, ever will do that will cause God will cause God to fall off His throne. There won't be a big thud in heaven because of me and my shortcomings. Isn't that good news? That you don't you don't have to feel like you got to hide 
um, behind what's really going on. You could just be honest. And you know what? When we get honest with him is when he gets honest with us. And he is searching us even right now. Saints, I believe this. He's searching us right now just to gently turn on the lights and say, hey, you know that, that thing that you struggle with? I'm here to set you free. I'm here to meet you where you are. Okay? So talk about thoughts in the battleground of our mind. It's truth versus lies. So we want to embrace the truth, but we have to have the lies exposed to be able to deal with them, right? So don't, don't be in denial. My wife says, you know, we live on the York River, and she always says, uh, it's not, um, denial is not just uh, a river in Egypt. <laughs> you know, because a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, um, we can be in denial of things, and it, it doesn't mean that what we're struggling with is not there. It's just we're not dealing with it, and we can't deal with it until we face the truth. Okay. Pretensions. He wants to demolish pretensions. Pretensions can be an allegation of, of doubtful uh, value. Artificiality. It, it can involve insecurity. Anything that sets up kind of something that's an alternate to uh, what God wants to do in your life, that can be a pretension. He wants to demolish that thing. An argument, that's a very strong, fortified position. Anyone here argumentative? Yeah, yeah, I got you. We can be argument, uh, it's funny. God set me free and has to set me free continually. Uh, you could be right, you could be wrong, you could be dead right, and you could be dead wrong. <laughs> you know, I found myself being right with a lot of dead bodies all around me. Because I, I, I gravitate, it's like, well, how can you be on the side of truth be off? It's real easy, you know, like the truth can be a sword, but man, you can like whack people pretty good with that thing, you know, you can cut people down and you can still be right, but the spirit of it is not right. And I was combative and I didn't realize that thing was, that's some junk in my trunk. And God wanted to deal with that because guess what? He's called us to work with people, right? And he doesn't want us tearing each other down. He doesn't want us destroying each other. He wants us building up each other uh, truthfully. So strongholds are then are the fortification, all that thought process in our minds. And then if we cleave to a lie, you know what happens? Our behaviors start to gravitate around that. So then it, it, it just festers and it festers. And you know what it does? It becomes a prison for us. Now, this isn't a prison where the keys are locked away. Guess what? God has the keys to your prison of darkness right here, right now, today for you to be free. And he's given them to you. So we're going to have an altar time, which was the eight o'clock service was awesome. And this is going to be awesome too, because the spirit of liberty, the spirit of freedom is moving here in the house today. Amen. So he wants to set us free. The Bible says that as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. And then the, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. You ever say something that's like, whoops, where did that come from? God allows that to reveal, man, what happened in your thoughts has translated into your heart that comes out of your heart, out of your mouth, uh, around. Jesus said, hey, it's not what goes into a person that defiles them, but what comes out of them. It's the things that come out of our heart that defiles people around us. So I've observed that there's a, cut about three different roads, and this is not exhaustive, there could be more, uh, but that really kind of move us down the direction of developing strongholds that are destructive in our life. So one is, uh, and we've already talked about this a little bit, a lie that is believed and then reinforced and it becomes fortifications. 
Okay, then our behaviors kind of create, it, it just kind of creates a, a downward spiral. You ever find yourself in a downward spiral? It's like, man, how do I get out of this downward spiral? You know, it starts with a lie in your mind. And so the, the way to deal with it, there's some weapons we can deal with. One is confessing and repenting. So if God is tagging you with something, it's not to torture you, not, to, not for you to feel like, man, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve, you know, I'm, I'm not worthy to be in his presence. It's his grace and his mercy that, that leads us to repentance. So if you're feeling things that he wants to deal with, it's his mercy at work. So be thankful. And embrace it. Embrace it. Don't, don't run from the light. Okay, the light's a good thing. Okay, a painful or traumatic experience. Again, the enemy is no respecter of people. He will abuse someone. He'll abuse a child. He'll torment. He'll... Uh, Anything he can do to get, get his hooks in you. Jesus said in John 14, he says, the prince of this world is coming, but he has no hold on me. Okay? When the enemy comes and he owns the airways, he owns all kinds of stuff, and we're in a fallen world and we're subject to a lot of that junk, you know? And so it's refreshing that God wants to bring it up and deal with it because uh, of his mercy. The third thing that can kind of lead us down the road of strongholds developing and fortifying in his life is offense. Anyone here ever been offended? You know what happens when you get offended? Like, huh. You turn, you kind of fortify and you kind of get hard-hearted and you're stiff-necked and, and obstinate. Well, that is a fortification. And so uh, it's not when offense comes, if it comes, Right? Because it always comes. In fact, form a line. If I've offended anyone this morning, go ahead and form a line, and, it will, and we'll deal with it, and I'll apologize, okay? Um, that kind of comes with the territory. The, when the absence of words, sin is uh, present, you know? <laughs> um, so the more you talk, the more you can get in trouble, right? So offense really leads to unforgiveness and bitterness, Scripture talks about a root of bitterness springing up and defiling many, right? So when we get offended, we fortify. So God wants to, to take down all three of those roads and be able to bring you down the highway of truth this morning. One of the, also the banner scriptures the Lord gave me, uh, this is pretty profound, is Jeremiah 2, 13. The Bible says, and this is God speaking, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and then they have dug their own cisterns. Broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So two sins, forsaking him <clears throat> who wants to be your source, your only source, your only stronghold, the good thing. And then the second sin is going alone and finding alternatives to him. And that's where the warfare happens is to give you good alternatives, what... It, the good always competes with the best, right? The best is God being your source, your stronghold, the spring of living water, where it's all fresh and new every day. I mean, it's like awesome. It's like the Garden of Eden. He has that for us, saints. He has that for us. But what happens is our human nature is maybe we've tasted that, but what we do is we get our shovel. It's like, man, I'm just going to catch my own water. I'm going, that's what a cistern is, just a hole in the ground. And we think it's going to hold what God has for us, but you know what? It leaks. And mine probably like leaks like a sieve, you know? I mean, it just goes right on down. 
But that's where the, the temptation and the deception comes is that there's alternatives and we try and find alternatives for God being our source and our only stronghold. Amen. <clears throat> so he wants us just to trust him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to draw close to him. The scripture says that when we draw close to him, what does he do to us? He draws close to us. Okay. So if you feel like God has moved, guess what? <laughs> he didn't. You did. So he wants, to, he wants to reveal himself so we can just embrace him. Amen. You know, you think of the children of Israel over and over and over again. He just, there's this pattern of being hard-hearted and stubborn and stiff-necked. And I believe it has to do with the thought life. I believe it has to squarely... We, we have the benefit of reading their, their story, you know. We can benefit from their story. But we only benefit if we don't repeat it. So we need to learn from history, right? So we don't repeat it. So... <clears throat> God's perfect plan is to be our only source and everything we need. And it is possible. It is possible. So the question is, ask yourself, what cisterns have I dug? What does your cistern look like? Or if you're in denial, you never don't even have a shovel, you know, never dug one. So what is the lie that you've believed? That's the question this morning. It starts here. What, is, what are the lies that, that caused me to kind of go down these roads? Because guess what? I, I got great news for you, saints. He wants to cancel it. He can cancel every one of those blasted things. Nothing is too difficult for him. It is, nothing is too complex for him. Nothing is, I mean, he understands it. And when it's time, man, just, just release and let him say, hey, this is a safe place, man. I just want to deal with the junk in my trunk. So it kind of helped me identify crutches. You, anyone ever still uh, struggle with addictions? You know, you may still struggle with addictions. Addictions, you know, are crutches, things that we lean on, right? Well, you don't, it would be kind of rude and not real nice to go up and kick someone's crutch out from under them, right? But, you know, as believers, sometimes we can do that because we see crutches as, as the problem, Crutches are not the problem. That's just what's the problem is what is feeding the need for that crutch. So the need for that crutch is the lie. You know, there's something that you believe that, that caused you to depend on something else. Those are strongholds. He wants to be your stronghold, the only one you can trust in. And so if you kick out, kick out one crutch, hey, stop smoking or I'm going to start drinking, or stop drinking, I'm going to start eating, you know, and, and so it's like, you know, are we really making any progress here, you know, but the source of the problem is what you want to deal with, and that's where the lie and truth is worked out in your thinking, amen? So with every lie that he exposes, there's time, and today is time to be able to confess and repent, and those are the keys to your prison that unlocks the door, Amen? Because I guarantee you, everywhere where there's an area of darkness, God wants to bring his light in. That's been where the enemy has been trying to just keep you back because you have the life of God waiting to emerge. You have life and truth that's getting ready to spring forth. And it can't while you're locked in a prison. The keys today are unlock that, not just so you can be out of prison, but so you can find the life of God that he's had for you all along. So if you look at um, strongholds, we're going to go through a list of strongholds, and they're patterns of thoughts and behaviors, and they have associated thoughts and feelings, and I believe you guys have a handout that, uh, and this isn't exhaustive, it's just, you know, it's there. So, um, 
anyone go to the Sight and Sound Theater in Pennsylvania? It's like first time I ever did. They, they're recently showing David, which is really cool. Pastor Ken and Holly just went. Don and I just went. And it's the first time I've gone. And it was awesome. And it really shows David's heart. Well, both men, King Saul and King David, weren't perfect, right? Anyone here perfect? No, no. If you are, I want to talk to you later because I want to get your notes, okay? Um, but the, the difference between them is Saul tried to hold on to his power and he felt like it was up to him. So he was white knuckling his life. So he became a spear chucking king when anything threatened him. Okay? David wasn't perfect either. He messed up, but you know what he did? He learned as a child to make God his stronghold. And even though he did some horrible things, he came back to that place. And that's why God said that he's a man after his own heart because God... His heart is that of, of, of being able to trust in him. And he understands on this side of heaven, we struggle. And it's, it's a battle. And he understands that. And he can relate to that. That's why Jesus is our uh, great intercessor. Because he was faced with everything that we're faced with, yet he didn't sin. So he is daily making intercession for us. Aren't you glad that he's a man of sorrows acquainted with grief? He understands what we go through. And there's nothing that you have faced are facing or ever will face that he doesn't understand and cannot identify with and can strengthen you with. Amen. So I want to give real quickly I, a personal example of a stronghold, okay? So I grew up, <clears throat> uh, my dad's in the army. We moved around like every 18 months to three years. Um, and I think I was made to be kind of like, you know, form relationships. I think I've always had a desire to have good friendships and stuff like that, but I really didn't have any. <laughs> um, like, I, um, yeah, every time I'd start to develop a friend, guess what? Oop, time to move. And all that. so I, I became, um, dial the clock forward to when I was in 10th grade, I was only five foot two. Okay. This is like circus material, right? <laughs> so I was the youngest, smallest, and the newest kid on the block every two years. So guess who got bullied on the bus? Guess who got accused of stuff? Now, I wasn't perfect. There was stuff I did that I shouldn't have done. But back then, they had corporal punishment. So I got, the, I got whacked several times unnecessarily. But I'm sure I had a backlog. It was probably okay. But um, <laughs> um, So going up to seventh grade, now all of a sudden I start changing and all that <clears throat> and start dating. And all of a sudden, girls started being attracted to me. I understand because I was still five foot two, not, not real tall. But, but anyways, but I was like the perfect gentleman and uh, just had kind of a real protective heart and all that, you know, and the seeds of rejection, a stronghold of rejection were in my life. And, you know, from never having relationships and friends, deep friendships and stuff like that. So this thing got put on steroids in my life. So when I was in a relationship, I got accused of not wanting to be physical enough with, with some girls. And it's like, and it just like, just is almost like, hey, what's wrong with you? That kind of thing. And you know what that did? That was a lie, right? It, something in me snapped. And all of a sudden, you know what I did? Instead of ever being hurt by that again, I became the aggressor. And it started a whole series of stuff in my life, which I'm not proud of at all where I was just no control, uh, not self-control. If that was a fruit of the spirit, man, it was like that tree wasn't anywhere in my neighborhood, okay? And, but when I got saved, there's a lot of stuff that got translated. 
But you know what? That didn't. <laughs> so that stronghold of rejection was still active. And so you know what it does when you have a stronghold in your mind? You know what it does? It, it is the grid now, and it's the thing, that, the lens that you see everything through. So if someone comes up to you and says, hey, man, you want to spend time together? Like, what do you want from me? No, I don't want to spend time with you. But, but my heart, you know, my heart is, man, I'd love to spend time with you. But see, that thing is operating, and it just rejects other people. You see what I mean? Can you guys see? I want this to be really concrete and very specific because your truth is very specific. Your present, your present reality and your past is very, very, very specific because if we don't get specific, saints, we can't deal with the truth. He wants to deal with the truth this morning, man. My wife, um, she, bless her heart, Donna, she inherited a lot of this junk in my trunk and she's very merciful, very patient. But there's a lot of damage in a relationship because I was not where I should have been. You know, I should have been where I was in seventh grade, not where I was, roll the clock forward. But in her family, her dad said something to her that affected the way that she saw men. And it was a lie. And it became a stronghold in her life. And God, I'm so glad that God is committed to change our patterns, right? He was committed to change our family tree before he, she and I even became a family tree. Aren't you glad? Because it's his mercy, it's his love that forbears with us and can see us through. So <clears throat> if we could go to the list here. So the strongholds of bitterness, and I'm just going to read these. These are patterns, okay? So I'm going to go through a bunch of these. A lot of times thought patterns of resentment, hate, unforgiveness, anger. Sometimes you could be prone to violence and wanting to take revenge, kind of, I'm going to get back at them. I'm going to make them pay, that kind of thing. That could be kind of a, a, um, a stronghold of bitterness there. Heaviness, this kind of really deals with the mental and the soul area, with depression, despair, self-pity, always feeling sorry for yourself. Loneliness, even though you could be surrounded by people, you just feel alone. Addictions, obviously, every crutch is available to everyone, right? And there's plenty of um, options to make you have strongholds instead of the stronghold of God. Um, suicidal thoughts, a lot of times comes from this heaviness. And it talks about God giving us a spirit of praise for a spirit of heaviness, right? That's where that comes from. So insecurity, sometimes feelings of in, inferiority, inadequacy, being timid, shy, withdrawn, a desire to please people first instead of God. Because it's a lot easier to deal with this than this, right? Prone to worry. And then a pattern of wrong, broken relationships. Stronghold of control. <laughs> Boy, this is a good one. Manipulation. Striving. Having really an inability to trust anyone. Always kind of prone to worry. You know, I'll just always turned up worrying. Uh, strong desire for recognition, you know, affirmation, recognition from different things. If you have a, a stronghold of jealousy, there could be spitefulness. You could be prone to gossip and slander. Anyone ever have problems with your mouth with, you know, kind of talking behind people's back and that sort of thing? A critical spirit. Like you look through things and you just see things that aren't instead of what are. That could be a critical spirit judgmental, condemning, never giving hope for people, never believing the best intents, but just tearing people down and thinking the worst of them. Always suspicious. Um, stronghold of rebellion, 
a lot of self-will, stubbornness, hard-heartedness, strife, prone to creating factions, which are divisions. Um, anger being argumentative, and it leads to being unteachable. <clears throat> Stronghold of pride, vain, self-righteous, self-centered. You kind of get the picture, self, 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 self. Materialistic, unteachable. And you seek positions that fuel your identity. Sexual impurity, we could, we could spend probably a day on this one, right? This, this is a huge list because remember, we're made in the image of God. So the devil wants to distort our, who we are, our persona, and he's really good at it. Um, problems with lust, seductiveness, prone to fornication, doing the wrong thing at the wrong time and the wrong people, um, Sexual fantasies. I said this in the eight o'clock service. I feel like the Lord showed me this. Guys, you know, we're very visually oriented, right? So pornography is always a, a challenge, right? You know, because the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, that's the spirit of this world, and we're just bombarded all the time. Women, and I'm not one of them, okay? So I, I don't want to speak for the, um, the smart people in the room. But I do want to say that that fantasy books, romantic novels can be the same thing for as guys with pornography because it creates kind of a false image. Maybe you don't have a perfect husband, right? So maybe you can just fantasize about who that is. Um, and I found that th that's a really subtle thing, but it's, it's a very, very, very real, real thing. Um, so let the Lord shine the light on that, okay? Um, adultery, patterns of this, frigidity, and a lot of stuff goes generationally too, you, you know, like patterns of that. I got good news for you. He can, he can just whack that stuff. I mean, my wife said, you had this favorite baseball hat and I want to get another one because I wore it out. It had, it was a white baseball cap and it had one drop of blood on it and it, and it splashed. It says only one drop of blood, the blood of Jesus cancels everything or something to that effect. So one drop, that's all. So how much blood is available for us today? We bring this under the blood, guess what? It's obliterated. Isn't that good news? That's good news. So you don't have to carry it. You don't have to lock your trunk. You can deal with it, all right? So rejection, that's a huge one too. Addictions, compulsive behavior, seeking acceptance, feelings of unworthiness, self-condemnation, and just wanting to withdraw, Actually, you can actually have like a spirit that begets rejection where you just, re like I did, reject other people because you don't want to reject you first. <laughs> like, I'm going to get you before you can get me, you know? And all that stuff is not the truth that he wants us to walk in. Amen? Fears in the fear area. This is huge. Phobias. They can go to an extreme where you're afraid of anything that moves. You know, compulsions. Perfectionism. Failure. And this is interesting. Inability to set goals. If you're afraid of the future, then you don't want to get there right? So God wants, he has our future in his hand and he wants to reveal it to us and we can trust him if he's our stronghold. Amen. So this morning we want to focus on him being our stronghold and we can thank him for every area of our lives that is submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ where he is our only stronghold. That's his best for us saints. And then we want to deal right now with everything else. Not everything in all total, but whatever the spirit of truth is revealing to you right now, okay? Because we're going to pray. Lord, I ask, Holy Spirit of truth, and saints, align yourself with this, okay? Holy Spirit of truth, please search me and show me the lie and lies 
that I have believed and embraced that have become strongholds that land in me in this prison of darkness. So as the music, thank you, Joseph, you're coming up. Pastor Ken, I'd like you to come forward too, please. Jesus started his ministry with proclaiming Isaiah 61, one through two. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Amen. There is practical warfare weapons available to us now. So we've asked the spirit of truth. He is here. He's been waiting for us to get to this point. He's been waiting for us to get to this point. So if he's showing you things, respond to that. Amen. Confessing and repenting identified lies. So if he shows you something, well, that's where that lie came from in my thought. Capture it and just deal with it. And you don't have to labor under it. Just cancel it. Like, hey, I don't, I don't accept that. That's not God. That's not for me. Amen. Forgiveness is a huge tool of yourself, of others, and our perception of God. And then again, finally praying for the opposite of that lie to come forward and release the life of God. Amen.